Hello and welcome to our show. This is Casting Nets and I am one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I'm joined here in person finally for the new year with Pastor Dave Rudat. Hi, I'm Pastor Dave Rudat. Delighted to be here. Do you know, what do you call a person who knows the words to Old Lang Syne? I don't know. A liar. Oh, jeez. <laughs> do I have a crickets? I don't know if I have, I have a groan. I got, I got one. <clears throat> Um, another one, you know, when they dropped the ball on Times Fair, on time at Times Square, sure. it was a great reminder of all I did last year. <laughs> Drop the ball. There you go. There you go. Well, welcome. Welcome as we have a, a beginning to our, our new year, um, for 2024. Um, as we, we kind of had the, it's been our last tradition, I suppose, you'd say, since we've started. Uh, you'd, you'd given us the re- or given in the pre-show the reminder that we've been doing this since 2020 together. Um, I mean, the show has been around longer than that, but but mm-hmm. you and I have worked together, and, and it's been a success for that. Um, we've sort of had a recap, you know, kind of some of the the, the challenges, the goods, the bads um, that had been going on for for uh, 2023 or from the year before. So we have a chance to maybe do that here today in our show. Um, I guess the before we do that and before we enter into that, I want to give a disclaimer. And the simple disclaimer is we disclaim everything um, that needs to be disclaimed. In a blanket um, fashion. In a very blanket fashion. Um, and so... With, with extreme prejudice. <laughs> uh, here's the trigger warning. I'm on the show. There it is. Um, and, and so uh, welcome to the show. We're, we're glad to have you with us in the beginning of the new year. I'm glad to have the listeners. I know uh, not a lot of people show up on live all the time, but we do get a lot of people that come back and listen to it after. And so we're very thankful for that. Um, just a reminder, it's the beginning of a conversation. It's not the end. Um, so as you are listening, if you're thinking of things that you would like to ask, bring them into the congregation. Um, definitely ask uh, myself, ask Pastor Rudot. Um, get us online through the through the Facebook page if you want to add a comment or if you want to contact us through email at castingnetspod at gmail.com. Um, any of those things are, are great to help continue this conversation um, because we do want to talk with you. We want to have an opportunity to reach out and share the gospel with you and, and just continue that conversation and growing in, in faith and life, um, which is the purpose of this show. Um, so unless you have anything else for the beginning, another joke that you'd like to bequeath upon us. It is an absolute pleasure to have you listen to us today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well then, uh, what we will do is we will head our way into the show show. And so, uh, uh, stay tuned and we continue our way on. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Um, pretty much our, our focus for today for our, our show topic is uh, the good, the bad, the ugly of 2023. Some of our highlights, uh, things that we have gone through, some of the things that we, we struggled with and had to work our way through. And so uh, we kind of are welcoming you to to our journey through 2023 um, and a look back upon it. So I, I guess we approached it with like five different categories or five different choices. You know, what is our 
our, top, our, five. our top five. And so uh, would you like to to bring us into the sure the top five and yeah. you can give your, your well, number five? Well, we can go back and forth if we want to. Sure. I, we kind of went through before the show, the pre-pre-show where we said, hey, what's your five? What's our five? And we, we did find some themes, which is kind of nice that we have something to talk about and also things that are unique uh, to each of us. Uh, my first... Well, I was going to say dad jokes are still awesome. That's the one thing I learned in 2023. I get, but that's always a given. So, I mean, you can't really put that on but the But are top they really five. awesome? It is, a, it is a stated fact. Are they really? Are you they know, really that awesome? Yeah, I mean, or they are, are they just one of those You know, things. the court found me, that I am too egotistical. I am appealing. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I my the so, so uh, all right. So all yeah. the all the uh, uh, all of that aside, I think my number five would be the uh, that self control is still a, an ongoing process. So it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. I think this is something that uh, af- ever since I read uh, Susan Fink's book about self care, uh, you know, sacred or selfish, and just that tension that we have in our society, which we talked about on Tuesday, where self-care is often viewed as uh, me first. Right. And, and that's not the biblical definition of that. It comes from the spirit to be able to uh, control your thoughts, your emotions, and all those things, and to control what you're doing in your life. Um, and uh, But it, it starts with a relationship with God and it comes through his word. But it's always an ongoing process, I think, of, of uh, how I manage my time, could I have managed it better, managed the responsibilities that God has given me? I, yeah, I could have done that better. There's always this ongoing process of I'm not a finished product, and thankfully I am not a finished product. Um, thankfully that God has not given up on me and said, you know, I've been working on you for 46 years or 47 years. I'm done with you. How many ever years? We can't remember some of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. But no, it's interesting that, you you know, you talk about that, that, that self-control and that process. You know, um, I been doing some counseling over the the December months here and and we're still continuing into into January and it's it's one of those things that I think people struggle with you know um they maybe it's a societal thing maybe it's just a human nature thing um it's their sinful part that looks at other people and say it's their fault they they made me this way um you know the idea of they made me angry they made me mad they they, they're, I am this way because someone else did it. You know, a modern, modern psychology seems to be filled with that. You know, go back and see what your parents did to you that, that made you this way. Um, and, and like you said, you know, in the scriptures, that's not how it is. You, you are in control of yourself. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit um, that, that you can control yourself, control your actions, control your anger. You know, people might irritate you. They, you know, they might do things that you find irritating, but only you can make yourself mad and, and allow to fall into that and let that bother you to a point where it makes you irrational and makes you upset. Um, you know, having self-control is, is just an important part of, of growth. But also, I, what I liked what you're saying is that I'm not a perfect person right now, right? That's counter to what we, we see in the world where we have all these self-help things to make us perfect, right? It should make us better. It should make us... Um, and, and there are some even religious factions out there that'll say, um, well, if you're a Christian and truly are a Christian, you should be perfect. Right? It, there's, it definitely is a movement of everyone right. thinks I'm okay. You're the problem. Right. Uh, if only you would get your act together, then 
things would be better, but I've got it all together. And, right. and, and that continually is blowing up in people's faces where they, they get on their high horse and then someone else says, oh, but you, and then they're toppled from their high horse. Right. Take my advice, right? Because apparently I have it all together, mm-hmm. which you don't. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, so your that was number your number five. five. So my number five, um, I'm going to have to say that the, the vast majority of mine are more esoteric than 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 anything else in the sense that um, probably a lot of deep thinking. Um, so my number five is uh, if you're not advancing in the gospel knowledge, you are declining, and that is not the same with the law. That That's my number five. So what I was kind of thinking there is is... It's been a tough. It's been a tough go, especially for my congregation um, uh, this year. Um, there are a lot of things that that we were forced to have to to confront and do because we were we were having problems. There were major cracks that were starting to form, and and things had to be taken care of. And um, you can really get bogged down. Um, you don't you don't have to go to the Bible to figure out the law, and and the law keeps making itself known all the time and applying the law is very, very easy. It, it really is. Um, you know, it does not take a lot of love and caring to apply the law. It just, it just takes a brain and it takes reason and says, this is not right. And you hit it and smack it down. Right. And, and so I, I looked at that and, and, and I, I was kind of thinking it took this year for me and, and, and one of the things I, w- I hope I led the congregation in was we need to gather around the gospel more because we're steeped in these issues. We're steeped in what's going on. And the more we have that knee-jerk reaction, which is the law, the, the less the gospel was seen and the less the gospel made itself known and the less the gospel um, um, was starting to be applied. And so... We needed to focus more on the gospel to the point where where I had comments of people saying, you know, Pastor, I understand what you're doing, but and I'm like, then you don't understand what I'm doing, because we need to we need to really be focusing on the gospel. We need to be advancing in the gospel because that's the purpose of the church. The church is not to just smack people down and make them feel horrible. It's to build them back up. It is to or to build a society of of right uh, people that so so different. God does that right through His gospel. Yeah. So, so it was to me. It was if we're not gathering and learning and growing in that knowledge, and and to do that, I mean, I, that doesn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that takes, it, it does take perseverance, and it takes it takes going to the scriptures all the time and saying, "What did God do for me, and how am I supposed to apply that?" Um, and if you're not advancing in that, you you're declining. And and I got to a point in the in 2023 where. It wasn't necessarily a long point, but it was a struggle where I'm like, I, I don't, I don't feel happy. Right. And I'm a, I'm, I consider myself a jovial person by mm. nature, but I wasn't, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel, I, I think there was a couple of times, even you commented, you're like, so what's going on? Cause I wasn't happy. Um, and, and I found that, you know, I was struggling. I'm applying the law a lot and, and I had no grace. As I was, I was you, you kind of flounder. So, yeah, two things I say that we always are that way with confirmation kids. <clears throat> um, I always drive drive home. What are the two major doctrines of the Bible? Law and gospel. What does the law say? Do or don't do. One hundred percent. It doesn't matter how whether the kids in sixth grade or eighth grade. Then you go. What's the gospel? 
it's always a hesitation they have to work work it through and the the second point i wanted to bring up is how important and how hard to see the gospel is when we are hurt or yeah. when we are disappointed yeah. um that is those are two times when we're just the gospel just seems to be the furthest thing from our mind and the, what we really want is the law we want people to know or, or pay or or understand what they've done to us and uh, we gotta be reminded of who we are in christ absolutely yeah. i agree that's a good one um uh, my number four is how quickly public opinions choose so this is kind of a where our conver- uh, how quickly public opinion changes uh, we this is kind of our community observation that we're having so we're not just obser- looking at ourselves not just looking at our churches but our communities and how you know we began the year it, th- this is my perception most of americans were for what was going on in ukraine and now and both you and i were both like you know what are we what are we doing here um i made videos on youtube like should americans go and fight in the war in ukraine you know shouldn't we just drop and help them out and and the both of us had this caution of the, is that in our vocation right and so most of americans in my opinion that had in my perception was they you know um uh, ukraine was a great thing even our presidential candidates most of yeah. them were like ukraine we got to help ukraine and then and there were so many people that were flying the flags like yeah. the ukrainian flag because we're in support of ukraine yeah. Yeah. yeah and then all of a sudden they realized what's going on here the corruption that's going on how we're how much money we're sending over there and not h- helping in our own country that there, there was corruption you know the feeding of a of the um, military industrial complex type thing yeah so all and then opinions have changed and it's coming again full circle when we're talking about israel you know first when the attacks happened in october we saw in our most in our community was like hey we got to stop this this is a terrible thing and now you're seeing especially over new year's you had all these protests where do these protests come from right and again i don't know where they came from i can't speak with authority on that but i can't help but um, think about that the shifting nature of our public opinion which we've we've witnessed in our lifetime uh president obama obama in the beginning of his administration says i am i'm marriage should be one man one woman then joe biden goes out and says something and then all of a sudden by the end of his term gay marriage you know it was just everyone's opinions are changing how quickly people's opinions change and that isn't necessarily to say you know woe is me but this is also a cautionary tale for parents and children uh, for teachers and and pastors and congregations how quickly our members can be manipulated to have their opinions change on matters well and i and i think the interesting part about all of that is is when you consider just say 20 years ago um the the dissemination of information was a heck of a lot slower yeah. than it ever is now mm-hmm. and and we have that, and it comes back to maybe you know my point of that knee jerk reaction because the first thing we hear is the is the thing we have that tendency to continue to propagate, yeah. even if it's been proven false. It's that first thing that we heard that you're all of a sudden like, no, but I, re- I this was, and it's like, no, okay, that wasn't right, yeah. but it was the first thing that that someone pushed forward, and because they pushed it forward, you know, back when we were dealing with COVID, you know, six feet. That was that was never a thing. I mean that, I mean that was that was. But everyone heard you got to be six feet apart. Well, that doesn't. I mean, when you sneeze, it goes further than six feet. Um, it was ridiculous. But everyone's like, we got to do that um, because it was the first thing they heard. 
And so back in my parents' days, your parents' days, you know, they waited till the newspaper got out. You know, maybe there was a news broadcast about it. I mean, people gathered when they when the wars were going on. They would gather around and they would they would get their news. My mom remembers going to the movie theater, and that's when they would get their news and the video clips. When they went to the movie theater, you know, they they played those. And otherwise, you didn't really get the 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 caught up nature of it. Now it's like you can you get it play by play. I mean, as things are happening. You got the ticker on the bottom of it that's telling you or your phone that's buzzing because it's on Instagram um, because somebody made a comment on it um, on social media in some way, shape or form, and they had their opinion. And so it's a dangerous world we live in. It really is. Um, I, I totally agree with that. And it changes. My opinion today might be different tomorrow because someone said something that offended me. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say I learned something. <laughs> right. and, and well, we don't learn anything. That's yeah, the problem. We, that is the problem. Our, our first reaction is our reaction. That don't tell me any different. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we, there's no. And then, if someone uh, changes their mind, well, they're flip flopping. Well, they're not flip flopping. Maybe they're actually learning something. Uh, they could be growing. They could be. I, I I would love to say, but that's a, that's the other problem, and it's not one of my points, but it's one of the other problems we, you know, in no other time in the world are you presented with more information than you ever have today. I mean, today you can you have at your fingertips more information than you could ever have, and and I don't know if you have it with your children, but definitely with my children, they come and they ask me questions, and I'm like, you can Google it. <laughs> yeah, I have to teach them how to Google. <laughs> I don't and, have to teach them how to Google. But, but but I mean you but get this idea, yeah, yeah but you get this idea of we have so much information but it's so much information we don't know where to begin yeah. and it's too much information right and and maybe they don't learn it they're just reacting and and that's why there you have this idea of flip flopping because it's just a reaction it's one one thing that they are they've been fed to react to as opposed to take time to to actually think about it. And that is a sobering thought you of the realization that your opinions can be assigned to you. Because you yeah. would think, well, that's what's happening to, to yeah. everybody else, but not to me. I'm doing my own research. And then you realize just how little actual research came yep. that you went through in order to get the opinion that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Number four. Number for four. You. My number four. So um, I would just say routines and habits. Um, so... It's kind of the focus, but here it is. There is more to life than routines and habits, and and maybe the worst thing for faith is the routine and habit without thought. That that was my my sobering um, thing in 2023. Um, we love routines, we love habits, we're creatures of habit, um, but but there's more to life than our routines and habits. So we get this idea. We wake up every morning, and and that's maybe the, where we get the drudgery, right? We wake up every morning. We we go through our routine. Um, this is our habit. This is what we do. I end up getting a coffee. I end up getting a whatever, and we start forming these things, and and that becomes our life. And many times in relationships, you know, you 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 talk, and maybe it's because I was counseling a lot in in 2023. You have these people who come in and they sit down and they say, nothing has changed. There's no spark. There's no whatever. Mm. The list goes on. And then you start talking and it's like because they've gotten themselves into this habit. They've gotten themselves into this routine and they, they start to orbit each other and they start to kind of, um, they, they, they get into this comfortableness. And sometimes that's not bad. But if that's all there is, there's there's a lot more to life than that. You know, they're, they've stopped doing the special things. They've stopped thinking and saying, what more can I give to my spouse? What more can I give to to this to make it better? 
And instead they just are content with what is going on. And I, and I, I think that same thing happens in faith and happens in the church um, where we, we get to a point, especially in our walk of faith, where we're like, I have enough, right? And my routine is I come to church on Sunday. Um, I hear, I, I, I put in my time. I hear the, the gospel. Um, I come up for communion and then I go home and I repeat, I rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, and, and we forget maybe what's going on in those things. So, you know, every now and then, especially this year, I was trying to introduce new worship services. We're trying to work on some new worship services. And you get the people who are grumbling saying, why? I like the old one. Do you understand what the old one was? Or do you just like it because it was familiar familiar, and, and I'm comfortable with it? Well, the new one, the words haven't changed. The melodies changed. But now you have to think about it. And, and that caused us to think. It caused us to, to engage. And, and I, I kind of I was learning, you know, there's more to life than just the routine. Comfortable is good. I like it. We came back to, to doing some of those. But it's, it's okay to expand because there's more to that, especially in faith. If you're not expanding and growing and, and, and maybe, and I, I'm a firm believer, our Lord takes us out of our comfort zone um, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Not because he doesn't like us to have the, the routine and the habit of gathering around his word, but he takes us out of the comfort zone so that we grow so that we experience new things and we branch out and we, we adventure. I mean, you go to the, into Genesis and you hear the command of the Lord, um, you know, subdue the world. Don't just get comfortable. Um, what was wrong with the Tower of Babel? Well, it was because they gathered in one place and they said, we're going to stay here no matter what God says. We're going to do our own thing. And God's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I want you to expand. I want you to go out and I want you to conquer they want you to live in this world. Um, and, and he wants us to do that in faith too, to grow in our depth of our knowledge of our Lord because it's ever, ever deeper. Um, but sure. I'm content. Well, yeah, that's good to be content, but. You know, system, <clears throat> yeah, systems and habits are a good thing, but they also have their downside because you yeah. forget why you're doing what you're doing. If you need to get out from a bad habit and you're going to start a new habit, well, that's a good thing. But then it can be a bad habit if we forget why we're doing what we're doing. It comes to relationships. Same way. Um, you have a system that you work with you and your wife about how responsibility. Yeah. But if you don't every once in a while reevaluate what's going on here, you can slide into a habit or a system that isn't um, beneficial for both of you. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's a good one. That was my number four. So number three is one that I was talking to my wife this morning uh, before she went, and I said, what is your one thing that you learned? And she's like, oh, you're forcing me to think. <laughs> and uh, and her number three was sometimes our, the expectations others have of you is not the same as the expectations you have of yourself. Just kind of the, the standard that you're holding to yourself isn't always what other people have. I, th- I think if I understood her correctly, um, she was talking about how the expectation nobody knows what your expectations are of yourself sure so what they're seeing is what you're doing they're not seeing all of your intentions all the things you want to see um and so for her it was a realization of um that there there is there are people appreciating what she is doing but they may not always express it and 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 what she is doing is something that people really appreciate i think she that was one of the things her takeaways was people are really appreciating the things i'm doing but I could be doing more or, or sure. I feel like I could have done more. So expectations is always something to how, how you, where you come up with your 
um, of analysis of how you're doing, where where should that come from? It shouldn't one. It shouldn't come from others because then they can dictate to you. But it should come from your relationship with your Lord, which and then also that relationship with your with your pastor, the someone that you talk to about your your spiritual matters with. And and if you you say to yourself, I think everything's going great, and then the pastor is looking at that and going. I think we're looking at a different picture. Yeah, I think we're looking at a different picture. You know, yeah. There's a reason why you're sitting here in, in marriage counseling because you're you're seeking my advice right. uh, on this and this this kind of stuff. So that was her her takeaway from 2023. So she didn't have any specific examples, just the the realization of of um, of her expectations not always meeting up with herself, and then the um the the interplay between her expectations and others' expectations. Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of times, um, you know, the old saying is that you're your own worst critic. Um, I think our expectations of ourselves sometimes are higher than what other people's uh, other people have expected. And then we internalize um, sometimes their reaction when when we expected more and then they are like, well, it was fine. And then we're like, but it wasn't great. Yeah. And I was shooting for great or or they they'll say. Um, well, that wasn't what I expected, right? Maybe because they were maybe they they were thinking of something else, but they they that doesn't mean they didn't like what you gave them, but they were thinking of something else. And you're like, okay, well now my hopes were dashed because this was this was what I thought my very best work. This is what I thought was, whatever the case may be. Um, and and so I think sometimes, you know, just as much as we want to say, you know, we don't find our self worth, of course, in in what other people say, we can't always find our self worth in what we think. Because we're we're pretty hard on ourselves, which goes back to your point yeah. that you had before about the gospel always is something we have to learn and relearn, right, you right, know? and I, then find out that your self worth is is in the like you had said is in the Lord. You know, our Lord, He tells us who we are in Him, and He also lets us know that we are not going to be perfect on the side of heaven. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, that's a that's a hard one to to work and process through. Very good. Number three. All right. Uh, so my number three um, <clears throat> is uh, <laughs> um, maybe for all you who are entering into the January season and you have the, that typical uh, down downturn. Um, yeah, my January season was was pretty much um, May through September. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, my third one is the gospel is the only comfort in the weakest of times. Um so uh, really when, when the world starts to turn on you and you start to feel down and you start to feel depressed and you're starting to, and, and that usually has that tendency, you start to focus in on yourself and, and then it compiles upon itself because you're seeing everything you're not doing and it just, it just you start to get really weak and you start to get really down. Um, the gospel is the only thing that, that, that gives you any light to come back. Um, if you're looking in yourself and, and some people are like, you know, it's those times you got to start looking in yourself and you got to pull, pull yourself, yourself up. By yeah. Your pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Um, I have never found that as a success. One, I don't, I don't have boots anymore. Um, I got to get a new pair. So I don't have any straps to pull. But the other thing is, is, is you've ever tried to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Your weight is still holding you down. Um, you, you really can't do those things and you find that you're just toiling and you're finding that you're just, you're getting yourself stuck further and further in the mire and, and then you, you need to turn to something outside of yourself. And the only thing outside of yourself that is going to help you 
is the one who says, I'm going to get down into the muck and I'm going to lift you up and, and I will do the work. Um, you know, you go to those self-help things and they don't help because they're self-help. It's as if you can, you're the problem. <laughs> and, and I, well, you are the problem. You, yeah, you are the problem. So how can you help yourself? Sure. Right. Um, well, you're the solution, basically. Instead well, of you are the problem. Yeah. But they, but <laughs> what you're saying, but that's where those self-help ones are so dangerous because, I mean, if it's a self-help and saying, okay, I want to learn a skill, that's one thing. But a self-help and to like get yourself out of depression or things like that, the 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 part about that is is you're the problem. Your brain is the problem. It's 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 continuing to 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 take yourself further and further down, and. You can't be your own solution when you're the you're you're the problem. Mm-hmm. You have to have someone else come in and help you, and and the gospel is beautiful in that because our Lord in many ways um, helps us in everything. One of the conversations we had in in our conference as pastors, and I thought was um, it was a good conversation. Although I, I it took me a while to think our way through it, was how the scriptures. You know, we, we gravitate culturally to certain things within the scriptures. Um, and one of the things you gravitate to is is um, um, the idea of, of a guilt society, right? Someone's feeling guilty. Um, you have the idea of justification, so a guilt and justification. Um, and that's predominantly the American society. American society is you're guilty of a, of a crime, then justified from that crime. Um, but there's the shame, right? And then the, the honor and, and, and then also the, that fear, um, that comes from like the, usually in supernatural societies where they, where you think, well, they don't think things through very much. And so there's that fear. And then there's the, there's the, the proclamation of don't be afraid and how the scriptures in the gospel covers all those things. So I am justified in Christ. Um, the guilt that I feel for not doing what I should have been doing um, and now taken from me. Um, the shame of I have let everyone down, right? Um, I have now been honored by my Lord as he gives to me the crown of life. Um, the fear that I have that, that if I show my face, you know, people are, are going to be judging me and, and I'm going to be judged. Um, I don't have nothing to be afraid of, right? Fear not, um, for, for a savior is born for me. This is the, the proclamation of Christmas, right? Um, what a great thing to be able to, to gather around and, and be strengthened by the gospel in the weakest of our moments. Yeah. Well said, well said. Gospel's always ready for us. It is. It is. And it's, uh, it's at the bomb for us, even when we think everything's going well, and uh, especially when we think when we're struggling with guilt or shame or yep. fear. Yep. There it is. Here's Christ for you and Christ, what Christ has done for you and uh, addresses all of those things in that gospel. Wonderful. Good, good point. Yep. Uh, number two, um, that one I got from my daughter who's in college. I asked, I had spent some time with them yesterday. They had to go. They needed a chaperone as they were going, and I needed the car. Actually, they did not need a chaperone. <laughs> I needed the car. <clears throat> so I had to chaperone them. And uh, so they, I was taking them to doctor's appointments and uh, eye doctor appointments and, and physicals and, and so on. And uh, I said, what's your one thing you, you learned? What did you learn last in 2023? And, of course, my son, Isaiah, says, I learned Greek, Dad. That's what <laughs> I learned. <laughs> so, like, yes, you did. Um, 
And my daughter, she uh, had some thought to it, and she uh, said, well, no one really knows what they're doing, was her thought, because she thought when she was going into college, she thought all of those ahead of her in college had it all figured out. But no, that was all an act. Uh, no one knows what they're doing. And as she w- and I told her, that's life. I mean, oftentimes mom and I are showing with you, it seems like we know what's going on, but we really don't. Like we start every day and we say, this is the plan for the week. Sure. This is the plan for the day. You know, and this is how, when she has a question about something, here, here's the answer for it. You got this problem with your car. Dad knows the answer to that. But oftentimes we don't know what we're doing either. And uh, maybe that's a sense of humility for her, also a sense of, of empowerment also for her because then she realizes I am in the same boat as everybody else if I'm think, thinking that I don't have everything figured out. Yeah, and and <clears throat> what a lesson that we don't really think about, but the, the Lord makes very clear um, there upon the cross. Um, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, and, and it, I mean, it, it, yeah, how true that is. And, and I, you know, there's a there's something to be said at that age where you're not supposed to right they they kind of like they they've kind of treated college at this point of saying um you're still figuring it out you're still kind of i'm not saying it should be that way but we've given them a pass yeah, we, I, I don't of, do that with my kids. <laughs> it's like, if you don't know what you're doing, I'm not footing the bill for college. <laughs> but, but I mean, but so many do, right? Yeah, so, many so many do, do. That, that it's like, this is their time to figure out who they are. Well, maybe you should have told them who they were <laughs> before they got there. And, and then that would solve a lot of the problems that we have today. But but you get out of school and, and you end up being 25, you know, 26 when you get out of school, depending on how long you want to stay. Um, you still don't. You, you still, the, the world's a big place and there are a lot of people in it and there are a lot of things that you can do as a vocation and a lot of callings that God can, can direct you into. And, um, you know, he doesn't call us children for no reason. I mean, he, he never once says, okay, well now you're adults. <laughs> you know, you, you are always his children because you, you always are going to need that guidance. And, yeah, and a father who always consistently provides yeah. and protects because why? Because he is our loving father. Yeah. He always drives. He's the chaperone because he <laughs> needs the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's uh, a good one. I like that one. You can tell yeah. your daughter she had it. That was a good one. That was a good one. That's what I told her. I said, that's, that's, yep. yep. It took me a while to figure out what she was saying because I thought she didn't know whether she wanted to be a teacher or not. No, I want to be a teacher, Dad. It's just everything else. It's figuring out the checkbook. It's figuring out uh, health insurance. It's figuring out finances. It's figuring out this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, and welcome to adulthood, right? Yeah. What do they? What is that? The I saw something on. It was a shirt or something. It says, uh, um, "I'm tired of adulting." <laughs> So, yeah, but that's what it is. All right. So that would be my number two, huh? So, so kind of these joined together, we kind of combined our number twos and, and, um, uh, we came up with a good one cause it, it's sort of, uh, you had a point that was very similar. Uh, and, and I guess the overarching number two is it's a miracle that anything good comes yeah, that was, <laughs> and happens. Yeah, that, I um, took that one off my list cause I thought yeah. you were going to explain it very well. Yeah. So connected no with that con- yeah uh connected with that is that our best intentions are still surrounded by sin so um you know we can have the best intentions in the world that we want to do what is best for other people and and it will all go to to pieces because sin is in the world 
Um, and, and so what, what is a miracle and what surprises us is when anything good happens, when, when good things happen and you're like, how did, how did that come about? Um, and that's because the Lord was behind it. Um, and it's important that, that we keep that in our focus because sometimes I think we can get so depressed when we've tried and we're like, but I tried and I tried and I tried and it all fell apart. What's wrong with me? And you start internalizing that and you start saying, I must be the problem. Well, no, sometimes sin is the problem. And, and, and you did have the best intentions and this is proves that sin is in the world. Right. And, it, and it, it's affecting everything because in a perfect world, your intentions would have been perfect and they would have had perfect results and, and, and it would have been great but we don't live there. And so there's the mistakes that, that are there and they're, they're inherent in, in the problem. Um, and we look through that and we still say, but yet God, God is still doing, God is still working. Um, you can see that in the call, right? You can, if you are related to somebody who is in the ministry and sometimes maybe you get a person that's in the ministry and they say, there's the human element in the, in the call. And, you know, um, we have people who are on high picking and choosing, Oh, they have a certain last name. We're going to send them to a certain place. And, and you can say, well, see, um, the best intentions, you know, these things aren't gonna, but you know, you realize that God is still in the call and, and he's in the, and when he's sending his, his people out to do his work, He's going to send them to where they need to be. And, and maybe that guy with the, with the great last name was sent to a really big church, but he's going to have a lot of headaches. And the, and the Lord wants to humble him and send him there. Um, right. or, or maybe they are very well equipped for that ministry and it's going to be the perfect ministry for them. And, and maybe the other person that you know that you're like, they're the greatest pastor in the world, but maybe they're the greatest pastor in the world because God has prepared them to be for small congregations or for um, specific ministry opportunities. And I think the same thing happens in our lives. Um, I want this vocation. I want this. Um, um, I put in my best and I, I give my very, very best so I would be qualified for this this raise or this upgrade. And then you don't get it. Um, that's maybe not because your intentions were bad, but maybe what you intended didn't play out the way you wanted it to. Um, but that's okay. The good things still come. The, the Lord still works miracles. Um, he brings very good things out of very bad things all the time. Um, my mom said it so very, very well. And, and this would probably be the end of, of my point too. My mom said it so very well and she's, she keeps saying it. So I, I remember it. Um, our Lord is amazing at pulling rabbits out of hats. And, and I, I just, I keep remembering that, you know, um, he does that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a miracle that anything good happens from the things that we do and the intentions that we have. We had that in our confirmation class yesterday where we were talking about the Holy Spirit's work and working in us to do good works and, and I was just struck as I, as I was explaining what is a good work, what isn't a good work, and then telling the kids, you know, you uh, um, listening to your mom and dad and not doing what you want to do is a good work. It's not, it doesn't make any, you know, genius book of world records. It's not going right. you're not going to have a star on the walk of fame, but it's something good. And it's a miracle that you actually are going to listen to your parents or that your parents actually um, are are um, looking and saying, let's all go to church, even though the parent in the back of their mind says, we should all sleep in, 
We had a long weekend. It's been a long holiday, but we got to do this. And, and their intentions may not even be pure, but it is good because of Christ. Yep. And it is good because the Holy Spirit is moving us in that direction to do what is right. Um, so it's a miracle that, that it even happens at all. And yeah, God is continually pulling rabbits out of hats. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, um, time for number one. Yeah, it brings us to our number one. What we do you need got? Some music. <laughs> I don't have. And the number one. <laughs> the number one top ten things we learned. I think for me, it was a gratefulness for. I'm grateful for serving where I am, and uh, I was thinking back on the whole year because I'm one of the reasons why I like doing this year in review because it helps me to get ready for the annual meeting. Because that's at the annual meeting, you say, this is what we did in the last year. It's a time of reflection for the pastor. As he said, you know, when I started off the year, I said, these were my goals. I stated them. I said, congregation, this is what we're working on. And then throughout the, the, the year, keeping my counsel and my counsel holding me accountable to those goals. And sometimes it, it does well, sometimes not. But you think of where the congregation was at the beginning of the year, we had, uh, I was serving, well, up until December, I was serving as a vacancy pastor in Denmark, and there had the situation with the four congregations there. And there was there was the idea that planted about maybe the, these four congregations would merge, and then there would be a mission restart. And the I was breaking it to God's people at Emmanuel. Like, this means that's going to be a lot of my time. Right. And are you willing for me to, to help to, to do that? And they were behind it because they were thinking this is gospel ministry that we need to be doing. And so they were thinking greater than themselves. And that is a miracle that any anybody would, would think beyond their own parochial, uh, parochial in terms of their what they're familiar with, this sure. little fiefdom that they have here in Shirley, to be able to think beyond that. And then uh, to give that a rest for and, and how, uh, when, how everything came about, then, okay, this is what the Lord— there was a call that was issued and a call that was accepted. A man was installed, so that was not the path that we were going down. And to be, be able to say, okay, this is what, this is the direction the Lord has us going. And then at the end of the year, in October, November, December, now we're, we're introducing these concepts of, can we do more ministry if we're joined with Morris and Zion? And uh, to be have God's people actually think outside of what they're familiar with and saying, yeah, this might not be what we're used to. It might be take some adjustment, but could more gospel ministry be done here if we do this? And uh, getting people to have their eyes open and to look beyond uh, the familiar to what could be. Sure. It's a, the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a miracle. It's not anything anything that I look at and say, oh, look at me. I made all those jo- jokes at the beginning of the show about <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure for you to be listening to us. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I, uh, the court found me that I was too egotistical, but I'm appealing. Um, <clears throat> anyway, regardless of all the jokes, the, the, the truth of the matter is this is really, truly a wonderful ministry to be in because you're not doing it yourself it is not you the ceo you the big boss leader guy and all the influence and persuasion that you can have over god's people but this is god working behind the scenes through you and what you're doing right uh, to further his kingdom no that's a beautiful just to be thankful for the people that you serve and recognize that that they have a set of gifts that god gave them to and it's not just you it's it's together and I, I, 
this is going to sound, it's not necessarily a thankfulness for the people, and it is, but it's a, more of a thankfulness to God that he is able to do this in them because because sure. it's not like because to me if i say i'm thankful for the people then there's always that fear well what if i screw that up don't screw it up dave right um right make sure they're happy and no this is you keep going on that course of the, the gospel ministry means to be uh needs to be attended to and are we doing the best for gospel ministry in this area because as we've talked about in the show the gospel is really needed if we yeah um so anyway no, it's a good one. I, I to, to be thankful for, yeah, to be thankful for where God placed you and the people that God has placed you to serve, that they are able to serve you as well, and that together you can do more mm-hmm. than you could ever do apart. Um, that is a, a a neat thing to come to terms with. I think so many times we we do get it in our head. Sometimes you know I've put in all the work, I've done all this, and and then at the end of the year you're like, I have nothing to show for it well, wait a second, maybe it's because you didn't focus on the right thing. It wasn't you doing the work. It was it was all of you doing it, things together. Mm-hmm. And you went in a different direction, and that's okay. Yeah. I like it. <clears throat> I guess my, 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 my takeaway for my number one um, is uh, tempering the congregational emotions in the use of law and gospel. Um, I guess my, my biggest thing coming out of 2023 is recognizing that emotions can get really high um, when, when there's things that are happening and it can be in a high in a good way and it can be high in a bad way. Um, you know, your emotions, when, when the congregation is confronted with, with having to make some hard choices, um, when you're confronted with having to apply the law and you really wish you could apply the gospel, um, when you had one plan and everything had to turn, everything turned sideways and you have to now veer and, and do something else. Um, <clears throat> it's very, very easy to, to gravitate sometimes even to the gospel and you start saying, well, we're going to lead with the gospel over and above having to ever use the law. Um, and then sometimes you gravitate to using the law more than using the gospel. And, and then I think sometimes, um, there's that idea of, of, we don't know what to do. And so I learned this year, um, that, that is God's law and gospel temper us. Um, the gospel heats or the, the law heats us up sometimes to very uncomfortable degrees and, and the, it needs to, and that's okay. Um, and it's, it is okay to, to let the law do that work. And then it's also needed and okay to not always the, the, maybe this is my own mind, but, but the gospel doesn't always quench, uh, immediately the law. Does that, that make sense? It doesn't quench it immediately, but it brings it down by degrees. Um, and I, I think the Lord does that purposely because, um, I, and I don't know if you've ever done smithing or if you've ever done metallurgy, but but you have the quench, right? You you, you have that where, where you make your blade or whatever you're going to be, and then you you take it and it's burning hot and you, you shove it into oil, you shove it into water, and you have that instant right but but sometimes that cracks that that that'll crack the metal right and then they do this thing that's called tempering and they put it in a heater and they 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 heat it back up but they heat it up in degrees it, it, that's the law right it's it's heating you up in degrees it's showing you every step of the way where where you have correction every step of the way where where you're maybe not the way that you want to be or you're not 
you're not flexible like you should be flexible. You're not rigid where you need to be rigid, whatever the case may be. And then you get to that certain temperature and then, and then all of a sudden the relief comes, but it's not an immediate relief because you don't want to break. It, 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 it's not immediate relief where all the tension instantly is, is let go, but it's a gradual release and it brings you back down and, mm. it, and it's a controlled. And, and, and I think I learned this year that, that the law and gospel is perfect at tempering. Um, you know, the, the law and gospel is, is, is not just, it's not like the, the quick taut rubber band of the law and then all of a sudden snap as, as they will let you go and say, don't you feel better? No, it's, it's the gradual, he brings you back down, right? Um, the, the law is still there. The law is, is, is still the guide for us as Christians. Um, but, but the Lord, he, he frees us from the guilt. He frees us from the strain. He frees us from the, from the burden of it. And he, he takes the load with us. And that's how he frees it. He, he doesn't remove it. You know, take from you my yoke. You're not unyoked. <laughs> you, you still are yoked. But the burden is less. And, and he pulls it with you. And, and, and in times he takes it and pulls it all. But you're still yoked. And yeah. there's a beautiful... There, I, that's I'm just trying, kinda, to, trying to figure out yeah. how... Like, I could understand how if you are, like, let's say it's a, a situation where you know the law needs to be proclaimed, and then when you, and you, you're proclaiming it in all the severity, so it's hot. Yeah. Then you, you do the gospel, and the gospel takes time. Is that kind of what you're saying? Like, it takes time to bring that back. Yes. Back down. So it's not as if uh, you still want the law, you need the law. No, it's just that. The gospel needs some time to work yes. through a person's heart, and it eventually gets there, but it's not right at that moment. Right, it's not the quick fix. It's or not. It's not a quick. A person's personality doesn't change yeah. overnight. Yes, yes. Where it's it's a it's a gradual yep. process where that person you as that gospel bears fruit, as the Holy Spirit causes it, then the individual is not let or individual or the situation or the right. congregation is more. Uh, they're tempered. So, tempered. so they're so so they're they recognize the law is still in effect, but it, it but it 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 has gradually come back down, and and the and I think sometimes when we apply the the gospel, we think of the quick fix all the time. You shouldn't feel bad anymore. You're forgiven. You shouldn't feel bad anymore. Christ died for you. Shouldn't feel bad anymore. Um, that's been carried by the Lord. Yes, there's truth to that, but, <laughs> um. How patient our God is! Like yeah. He's like, here it is. You shouldn't feel bad at all, but I'm going right. to continue to work that in you because I know this is hard for you because this is right. a, a world exactly. changing. Exactly, and it is. It is a worldview changing, earth shattering event um, with the application of the gospel, and it tempers Christians, um, and and to the point to the point where I would say. Um, it's okay to be the Christian that is not on this roller coaster of emotions up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, you, you get into a congregation and, and you some you see some of the even keel and maybe some of the people have said that. They're like, I don't know if I want to be in this congregation. There's not these high emotions. Good. They've mm -hmm. been tempered. <laughs> they, they, they understand how the law works and that it condemns and it, and it does bring those. And, but then you also know how the gospel works its way through and, and brings us 
brings us back down and you don't have those super highs and super lows. You, 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 you have the, that tempering where you're, you're on an even keel. Um, and law and gospel is being properly applied in both areas. And, and that is something that I've kind of learned um, this year. I, I think that's my biggest takeaway this year is it's okay to not all of a sudden ha- hear the gospel and be like, okay, well, I feel better and I'm going to go frolic now. It, it's okay to, to let that sink in and slowly come back down. Yeah. So. It does take great patience, which is also a gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. To, as God's people, you're like, hey, I, heard, I preached the gospel to you guys. You, should, you shouldn't be this, but you shouldn't be so hot-headed. And then to give yourself time, to give, yeah. give them time for that Holy Spirit to work in that individual to, to be uh, who God's word has said, this is how you are to respond in this situation, not the yeah. situation where you're um, calling for people's heads and things like that. Well, and, and it also, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you don't make all your choices in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when the, when, when I've been offended, when I feel as if, um, the Lord has called me out and now I want to retaliate in anger. Um, and I usually don't want to retaliate against the Lord. I want to retaliate against the person who called me out, mm-hmm. <laughs> who used the law to say, well, this is what I'm seeing. And, and instead you, you, you don't say anything and you let the Lord kind of, kind of work that repentance in you. Um, I heard and, and and a long time ago, um, just a beautiful thing that whenever you want to run across um, the call to repentance in, in the scriptures, always think of it as be repented. That is an action God does upon you. Yeah. Um, instead of something you have to do, it is something that God works upon you. So as as you have that high of the, I've been I've been called out. I feel the shame. I maybe feel the guilt. I maybe, and our first reaction is anger. You know. Be repented, and 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 come back, yeah. And slowly, it happens. Yeah, it uh, reminds me of you've got Zacchaeus who is the you know is is, is flipping really fast and does things that you expect that to be always the true right the truth. But then you also have Jesus's parable of the son who says no, but then says yes. Right. So like, how much time was there between? It wasn't a sudden shift. It was you know after deliberation, after right. thinking. Now the, the gospel has worked through. Well, and I think of says yes. Joseph of Arimathea, or I think of Nicodemus. Um, you know, John, chapter three, um, he had a conversation. Um, and he and Nicodemus <laughs> should have been like, yeah. it's John three sixteen, Nicodemus. Yeah, uh, this was <laughs> hello, uh, but and, it, and you didn't react. Come yeah, on, Nicodemus. But then you see him three years later. Yeah, and yeah. he reacts. Right, right. Three years of ministry, and and finally he's like, I'm bold. Uh, the gospel has worked its way through, um, and I'm able to step forward, and and I'm going to give up my holiness, and I'm going to use that word in quotes, mm-hmm. my holiness. Um, to, to place my hands upon the body of Christ in death to bury him. Um, wow. All right. <laughs> Peace be with you, brother. <laughs> um, how awesome that is that, that it worked its way and it's tempered him and it's, it's uh, um, brought him to the gospel message and freedom. So that's, there that's, you go. That's our list. What is your list? Of yeah. Five things. Dear yeah. listener. Whether you are uh, watching on Facebook or on YouTube, yeah, tell us your top five things of your or top thing that you got through the year. As we look back over the year, casting nets this year, we had seven thousand downloads. 
of our podcast. So that's just the audio stuff. Nice. And then the YouTube one is a little bit harder to figure out who's watching and who's not. You know, some 500 views on the Kathy Nett show and then 360 views on the Beyond the Sermon. So um, we had some, our top downloaded audio podcast of 2023 was Debunking Angels. <laughs> yeah, I knew that one was probably going <laughs> to be pretty high. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, but the top yeah. one on YouTube was The Church's Social Concerns. Oh, very good. Um, so they want us to, so is that an indicator that they want us to be more cantankerous? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the second one for our audio for um, in 2023 was one of our Beyond the Sermons that we did, which I have been pleasantly surprised, and I shouldn't be surprised. I keep asking, you know, why is this something that people want to listen to? And I think um, people want to us to talk about God's word and, and how it sure. impacts, and impacts us. So that was number two. Then AI was, of course, was number three. Um, book of James, the introduction to the book of James was number four. And debunking critical race theory. So, it re, you know, if, if that's your first reaction, <laughs> that's what people want. They want us to be more cantankerous. Uh, that was the number five. And then the well statistic, looking at the well statistic was number two on the YouTube. On the yeah, that was so interestingly enough, it was one of the one of the ones that I wanted to do and one of the ones that you wanted to do that that sure. were right up there. So now we yeah. have pretty good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's great. So, so we are resolving to be less awesome because that's the only thing we do in excess. And then we're done. <laughs> we're done. That was, that was your, your cue for the music. <laughs> I finally did it. <laughs> I finally closed out the show with a dad joke. <laughs> they didn't hear it. Well, they, they probably did hear it on audio. <laughs>